Welcome to another episode of No Buts About It. I'm your host, Josh Butts, in my dining room in Indiana. Chuss is in his basement in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and we have some coaching updates. We've got some uh, vacancies that have been filled the last few days, some surprises. Uh, the first one... No, no yeah. way. Yeah, no, Chuss, we do. Believe no. it or not. And Unbelievable. The first one is Jim Harbaugh is the new coach for the Los Angeles Chargers. And uh, this, this was a place we thought he could go. He's, he's an older guy with some experience, and so we thought he'd want to go somewhere with some talent. And Los Angeles has plenty of talent to go around. Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler might still be there. I think he's a free agent, though, so we'll see. Uh, Keenan Allen, Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, Derwin James. We can go on and on with the talent that is in L.A. They uh, also fired Brandon Staley, who was a defensive-minded coach, because he made some really weird offensive decisions. And so they've decided they're going to go offensive-minded this time. And this is kind of the same route that uh, Tennessee went, firing Mike Vrabel, brought in an offensive-minded guy in Brian Callahan. So, Chess, what did you think of this Jim Harbaugh hiring? Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, we were talking about it before the show. A lot of youngins have uh, talked about Jim Harbaugh's career, saying that he has had no NFL experience and is this a good move? Well, he has had NFL experience and has done pretty well with the San Francisco 49ers as a head coach from 2011 to 2014. Um, he is a winning NCAA and NFL career record he also um has a winning nfl postseason record at five and three um and he does have a losing ncaa record at six and seven but the nice thing is is he just won that national championship with michigan uh, he's had a lot of great years in Mi with michigan they've been very relevant over the last couple of years and they finally won that title you know jj is going to be in the draft this coming year and there's a lot of, you know, decent Michigan players that are either going to be in the draft or next season. So obviously he's done really well with his coaching staff to develop these players, which I think will help going into the L.A. Chargers when it comes to the need of a little bit of development, especially on a team that has some positions that such as running back, for example, which might not have Austin Eckler that might need to develop the running backs or, you know, maybe develop Justin Herbert just a little bit more just because, he almost he almost is stagnant at this point. You kind of want to have him go over over that hill, and uh, kind of become that elite quarterback that many people have been you know waiting for. And I, I do think Justin Herbert is good, and I think that he's just kind of been just like hitting a brick wall. Um, a lot of people can even compare him in a way to like a Justin Fields in a situation where it's like you know Justin Fields is a really good quarterback, or is he? And it's the same thing with Justin Herbert. Is he a good quarterback or is he? Well, I think Justin Herbert is better than Justin Fields. But I digress when it comes to that. I do think this is a good signing. I think that Jim Harbaugh, like I said, had some you know great seasons with Michigan. He had some – I mean, if you look like through his history of what he's done, I mean, this dude has been – he was with Western Kentucky – from 1994 to 2001 as an offensive consultant. Then he was the quarterback's coach for the Raiders from, from 2002 to 2003. Then he went back to college and head coached the University of San Diego from 2004 to 2006. Then he was Stanford's head coach from 2007 to 2010. Then he was the 49ers head coach from 2011 to 2014. 
and then he was Michigan's head coach from 2015 to 2023. So it's not like he, I mean, he jumped around a pretty decent bit. I mean, he had NFL prior kind of experience working, you know, alongside with the Raiders and then obviously working as a head coach from 2011 to 2014 as well. And I believe that might've been whenever the 49ers were uh, pretty decent in those couple of years. So yeah, Frank Gore, Michael Crabtree, Colin Kaepernick's random, really good year. Yeah, legend, <laughs> legendary, legendary run by Colin Kaepernick that year. Um, but that's what I'm saying. Like he, he's had those really good seasons. I, I think, I think the reason he, I don't know if it, the reason he got like, I don't remember the reason he got like. I don't know if it was because they had a losing season, or if they were going in a different direction, or if he wanted to sign with Michigan because it was just a better price but um nonetheless i mean he's jumped back and forth and i think he's more than ready and capable of coaching the la chargers i I think honestly this might be a really beneficial move for the chargers considering the chargers have always had a pretty decent team but just have never reached that potential that they have i mean you think about all the players that they have on that team and the fact that they aren't relevant Mm-hmm. is kind of surprising to me because you have Eckler, you still have Keenan Allen, you still have Mike Williams, you have you have your franchise guy being Justin Herbert. You know, you've got a pretty solid defense too. I mean, they're not terrible. I mean, they definitely could use some work, but they definitely have some key components on that team. I, I just think, I mean, if you do a couple right drafts, maybe a couple acquisitions in the free agency market, and, you know, maybe even throw in some trades here and there and do something crazy with that. I don't think the Chargers are that bad. I mean, I don't know if they're if they're better LA team at this moment. I mean, granted, we'll see in a couple of years because the Rams are getting a little older. But um, I, I don't know. I I think I think this is a really good signing for the LA Chargers. I I really think that people, you know, should be excited about this and you know ready for the change because he is a very notable quarterback in the NCAA, and I, I think this will be really good. Yeah. So when I read those comments, I saw a bunch on mainly Ian Rappaport's post about Jim Harbaugh getting the job and all these like youngins, these hooligans were on Twitter saying, I can't believe Jim Harbaugh is going straight from college to being a head coach of this team. The chargers made a stupid mistake. He has no NFL experience. I felt old. I'm telling you, (laughs) I, I, I know that I'm not like super old, but when I have these 10 year old kids telling me they didn't remember Jim Harbaugh being a coach, when he was in the Super Bowl just over 10 years ago, felt old. And what a lot of people don't remember, our age especially and younger, is Jim Harbaugh was an NFL quarterback. He wasn't just a coach in the NFL who made his way up. He was selected in the first round in 1987 by the Chicago Bears. And then he made his way through the league, took the Colts to an AFC championship game. He went was with the Ravens for a bit, but guess where else he played? San Diego, which was where the Chargers were in the 90s and early 2000s. So Jim Harbaugh, he has gone to, he went to Michigan as a student. He said, I'm going to come back and we're going to win a national championship for my alma mater. He did it. And now maybe he's saying, hey, I'm going to go back to one of my old teams. There's an opening here. In uh, L.A., where the Chargers are now, I'm going to get them a Super Bowl. So maybe he's just trying to give back. That's that's all he's doing here. And I think this is a really great decision for something you kind of alluded to, but Justin Herbert has regressed. He was great mm-hmm. his rookie year, and then since then, he's kind of just not been as good. 
Yes, Mike Will or not Mike Williams, excuse me. Quentin Johnston might have been a miss in the draft as a receiver, but let's get him developed. Um, let's figure out who's going to replace Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, who are getting older. Both both still play very well. Mike Williams got hurt, but Keenan Allen had a fantastic season. Austin Eckler regressed this season under Brandon Staley. He was not good, and Austin Eckler has never been a great uh, just pass or rusher. He's not a pure rusher type running back. He gets a lot of his yards in the passing game, but even then, he wasn't getting a lot of that. Um, I want to see Jim Harbaugh use his quarterback experience, understand understand the position and go to Justin and be able to work with him and get this passing game going that should be one of the best in the NFL. And that can allow them to be a playoff team. I mean, the Raiders almost made the playoffs this season with Aiden O'Connell at quarterback. The the playoffs are wide open in the AFC because it's a cannibalistic conference. They're all just going to beat the crap out of each other. And, and as when we were talking about Jim Harbaugh, I mean, this guy, actually, I, I you know, I kind of wanted to double check and look up, you know, Jim Harbaugh because, you know, I, I really wasn't um, knowledgeable in sports in 2011 and 2012 and what the heck was going on. So I didn't really know. But turns out that, um you know, Jim Harbaugh actually did not have a losing season in San Francisco. He actually, um, you know, in his four seasons, he went 13 and three, 11, four and one. 12 and four and eight and eight. And then the 49ers let him go, which followed with their coach in 2015, taking their team to five and 11, which he got (laughs) fired after one season. Uh, And that guy's name was uh, Jim Tomsala, who I don't even remember to be completely honest. And, um, and then since then, since like 2019, I don't think that they had had a winning record since Harbaugh. So, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is I think this guy's a really good coach. And like I, and like we said, um, you know, I, I never really was too high on Colin Kaepernick. I didn't really think that he was going to be that prestigious quarterback. I mean, everybody was really highlighting after the Colin Kaepernick was Cam Newton and um, some of those guys in 2015, Russell Wilson and whatnot. I feel like Kaepernick just kind of got pushed to the side a little bit. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, the fact that they were able to have that great of a team, you know, with like a pretty decent quarterback is is pretty impressive, I would say. So. Yeah, I mean, Colin Kaepernick, like, I know there's all the drama surrounding him, but he he was not anything special, like, objectively speaking, stats-wise. Yeah, that's why I said he was decent. Other, I mean, it wasn't like he was terrible. I mean, there's way worse quarterbacks in the NFL right now than Colin Kaepernick is, but I'm just saying I don't think he was some elite quarterback that could have kept up with, like, a – at the at that time, Russell Wilson, you know, for example, I'm not saying like Cam Newton was better than him because Cam Newton kind of fell off of relevancy pretty quickly. But I mean, he, Cam Newton still probably had a couple of really good years too. I mean, they had that crazy 15 and one season or whatever. It Colin was. Kaepernick only had one season where he got over 20 touchdowns. So yeah, that's why it's... I'm kind of. But that that's impressive to get them to the Super Bowl with those numbers. I don't even think exactly. that was the season they went to the Super Bowl when he had the 20 touchdowns. So, no, um, probably not. And then I forget his, I feel like his rookie year was 2011. And that 2012 quarterback draft class was just, yeah, 2011, second round, Colin Kaepernick. That 2012 quarterback draft class is insane. I don't know if you've ever gone and looked at it. Andrew Luck, Robert Griffin III, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill. There's probably guys I'm forgetting in there, too. So, you had to, 
if you were going to keep up with those rookies, you had to very quickly either mm-hmm. be a Tom Brady, be a Peyton Manning, or you were going to be forgotten about because they were having to move on quick at the quarterback position. And, but, that's, and that honestly might happen this year. We have a ton of great quarterbacks coming out of the draft that I'm sure we'll talk about in the next coming months too. I mean, there's like at least eight quarterbacks that people are talking about and not all eight are going to end up being starters and they're probably all starter potential. So we, we shall see. We could always we'll start the narrative that uh, Jim Harbaugh is going to draft JJ McCarthy to replace Justin Herbert. Uh, but, but what would the point be? <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't know if I, I feel like that'd be a little bit of a, like a stretch. Well, it's like the Bengals fans that want to rebuild the LSU national championship team. Let's just oh uh, yeah they want to uh-huh. bring in Joe Brady because he was with LSU. Uh, uh-huh. I've seen people want to bring back Coach O to replace Zach Taylor. Um, just yeah, so let's do that in LA and see how they like it. We'll we'll test it out there. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's gonna work. But I mean, they could. I mean, if they wanted to draft him, but I think they're not gonna. F- I think Jim and the GM and I think the the organization is not gonna focus on drafting a quarterback because I really do think they think Justin Herbert is him, and um, I I do think he could be him, but he just needs to reach that level of potential. I mean, I mean, it took Josh Allen a couple of years to develop in the D- Buffalo, and it took some ups and downs. And uh, Josh Allen, everybody talks about, but he just can't beat kansas city for for context reasons i'm joking i i hope so i hope you don't get that narrative out there because it, we gotta like put that out there because somebody's gonna comment that as something angry and be like you are idiot you need to stop <laughs> justin herbert jj mccarthy is going to patriots or whatever wherever he's supposed to go i, I don't think he's actually gonna go to the patriots i think he'll go to like I actually have no idea where he'll go. I actually don't. We'll, we'll find out on April twenty fourth to the twenty seventh. No, we'll have to talk about this, man. Well, because I mean, we got yeah. Caleb Williams. But I mean, Drake I'm May, saying we won't find out where. Bo Nix, we won't find Jaden Daniels, we won't find JJ out where McCarthy. Like that's five quarterbacks, and I'm not even talking about the sixth, seventh, eighth, and those second and third. I'm round saying quarterbacks we won't know for sure where they're going until the day of the draft. Uh huh. Oh, well, jeez. Okay, next coaching vacancy that has been filled. This this was the real shocker. This one was like, holy cow, what are they doing? This was not expected. I had the Instagram post ready. All I needed to do was go in and click post because I had it scheduled for like the year 2030, and I was just going to go in and change it because I knew that I thought I knew this was happening. I thought Bill Belichick to the Atlanta Falcons was a done deal. I thought we were, we knew Bill wanted to go uh, somewhere where there was a lot of talent and they were just a good coach away from getting uh, getting a playoff. Atlanta Falcons seemed perfect in the week in a week NFC South. You got all that talent down there, like we've talked about: Bijan, Drake, Kyle Pitts. No, they go with Raheem Morris the defensive coordinator for the LA Rams. So it wasn't even like they wanted an offensive minded coach. They went with a defensive minded coach and uh, it's someone who's been a head coach before. It didn't work out in Tampa Bay, but he was also an interim head coach in Atlanta before. So maybe they liked the familiarity. They liked the youngness, the youth. What, what was your, what was your reaction Uh, to this hire? My reaction. Yeah. Um, well, I, I thought it. I, I I don't know how to feel about it 
entirely. I mean, I don't, I think the season that he got fired or the season that he was interim head coach, the Falcons started at 0 and 5 and he finished the season 5 and 11 or he finished off with like a 5 and 11. I don't remember what the record was, but it was like he only got like five or six more wins for the team or something like that. It wasn't anything like spectacular where you see interim head coaches like you know, be like, oh yeah, they finished with a six and two record going eight and nine or, you know, eight and eight or whatever. And you're like, oh shoot, that was actually pretty good. Why didn't they sign him? But um, personally, I think it's, I think it's, it's a bold move in a way. I do think that Morris is a good coordinator. I mean, I think the Rams had a pretty decent season regard, you know, considering that many char- or, uh, chargers, many Rams fans thought that this was a rebuild year for them. So I really think that um, it, it was, uh, you know, he obviously did really well on defense at times. I mean, obviously the defense did look a little poor, but I, I think that the team looked pretty well. Uh, however, it, it's it's interesting to note that Bill Belichick is a very defensive-minded coach, and he lost out the job to Raheem Morris, which is kind of a interesting topic of discussion considering that Raheem Morris doesn't have as much head coaching uh, experience as someone like Bill Belichick, who has been coaching for 23 seasons, has or pl- 23 plus probably because we he's thought Bill was going to get to pick. We, yeah, we thought Bill was going to be able to walk into any organization in the league and be like, "Hey, your head coach is out. I'm in. I got this. Let's go win a nah, Super Bowl." Nah, I, I guess I don't know. I mean, I think that makes it even more of a, a, a like a like a scratch in the head thing because it might not even be these organizations just being like. Nah, we're not gonna go sign Bill Belichick. I, I think maybe, maybe, maybe there's something that they're trying to stay away from that we're not really seeing behind closed doors. I think you kind of alluded to it in our text group chat that we have with uh, with uh, Stan the Jet fan and uh, Alvarado the Mister Rookie Man. Um, but I, I think you kind of alluded to it. You're like, what did Bill Belichick say in these meetings? Because I mean, I feel like he's <laughs> losing out jobs to just random coordinators that you're like what you're like you're just kind of shocked about it so bill was only if i believe this is correct i think the only team that requested an interview with him so far has been the atlanta falcons and then they gave it to dave or not dave canales he's in carolina which is another weird hiring that i was just thinking about but they go with raheem morris the only thing i can think of is they want a long-term solution. Bill Belichick is old, he's older, he's 71, and he's really only got one thing left to check off on his box and that is the overall wins record and he is 14 behind Don Shula right now so he needs 15 to beat it. I mean, is that something that as an owner, you want to be like, okay, yeah, let's go three seasons here, get you that win record, and then I know you're going to be out probably because you're going to be 74, 75. Or do you hire the younger, less proven guy? I mean, what what is your strategy there? Especially with a team like the Atlanta Falcons where the talent's already there on offense. The talent is there on defense as well. And Ah, yeah, I think I, – I don't know. I think Sonnen – I would like – I think Morris is going to be really good, but it might take him a little bit of time to get used to what he's doing. I mean, obviously, he did do interim head coaching for a little bit, but obviously now he is the head coach, and he's got to take a bunch of different guys who aren't the same 
necessarily like the same group of guys. I mean, when was he interim head coach? I mean, it's got to have been a couple of years ago, probably. It was between, I think it was between Dan Quinn and Arthur. Smith. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that would have been not that would have been not too long ago then, um, a couple so, of years ago. But before, so I mean, hang on. Before he was in Atlanta, he was the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for three years. So he does okay. have head coaching experience from 2009 to 2011. Okay, so he does. He does. He went 17 and 31. Uh, oh, wow, that's a that's an interesting. But Tampa Bay also at that point in time was not that solid of a team. They had nothing that they were working with over in Tampa, or maybe they didn't. Or maybe they they did have stuff that they had working on, and they just didn't have a solid coach. What is your fear here? Are you Atlanta? The only thing I can think of if Atlanta is the youth thing, and then they're planning on drafting a quarterback because they are honestly only a quarterback away from being competitive. And if they're drafting a quarterback, they're probably looking at Mac Jones and saying, "Okay, Bill cannot develop a quarterback. We know that." Because he had Brady, and then he didn't really develop Mac. Bailey hasn't really developed. Jimmy Garoppolo I mean, he, wasn't. I, I was going to say, do you think he developed Jimmy Garoppolo? Because Jimmy Garoppolo was, he, I mean, he led San Francisco to a Super Bowl, regardless that he lost it, and he hasn't done well in, in, uh, with the Raiders. But is, I that, mean, it's just, is that Bill Belichick? Is that Jimmy Garoppolo? Or is that Kyle Shanahan? I, that's a good point, though. I mean, that's that's... That's the same thing. These are the topics that we've had on multiple occasions where it's like when it comes to blaming coaches, do you blame the coach, the player, or the coordinator, you know, or like the development coach in this case scenario? It's like, do you, do you like in this circumstance, was it the quarterback's coach at that time, or was it the coordinator, or was it the head coach, or was it just the player himself that was really good? But, but if I'm worried about developing a quarterback, wouldn't I want an offensive-minded coach? Wouldn't well, that's yeah, yeah. You would want <laughs> you would want an offensive-minded. That's why this hiring because, is so confusing. And that's because if you already had like a solid defense, I mean, you've got some decent players over there. I mean, you just picked up. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, John. I mean, you have like a Jesse Bates and stuff like that right. over there. It's a, it's a, it's. A, I, I know it just kind of. No, Jesse's a stud. Your, Jesse's great. Yeah, I, but I know it. And it doesn't matter anyway. Um, <laughs> but um, I think that uh. I, I, like I know you have like a pretty decent defense, but obviously, like I feel like your main focus in Atlanta should probably be on the offense, considering a lot of your offensive weapons, you know, need a little bit of development. And they, they're like you said, they're just a quarterback away from possibly, you know, making a playoff berth and moving forward. In my opinion, I think that they should have probably went with an offensive-minded coach. I, I mean, that would have left out Bill Belichick and like Raheem Morris, but I, I feel like at that point, you know. Then at that point, you, you can figure out what to do with your upcoming quarterback that you may be drafting because obviously Desmond Ritter isn't it, and they're not going to probably run with Taylor Heineke. So, um, I mean, I don't even know who they would look to draft, but, I mean, there's a lot of, like I've already said multiple times, there's a lot of good quarterbacks in this draft. You just got to figure out which one is going to end up being that guy. Yeah, I mean, you you could honestly probably, with where they're drafting, you could probably just throw a dart at the wall and hit a decent quarterback. With mm-hmm. what, I mean, they're not going to be looking at the J.J. McCarthy's, where it's maybe he can start, probably not. But no, they, well, they're going to want they're going to want a quarterback that can start right off. Well, the that's bat. what so I mean. They're, they're, so they might even trade up. Depending, where, I don't, where are they on, on the list? 
because they're seven and ten, so they have to be within what ten to fifteen, probably. Bengals are eighteen, and they were the so, la- they were the last team out of the. Playoffs. Yeah, so they're probably like eleven or twelve. They're right? number eight. Oh, that's what yeah. I mean. They can. I mean, you they could, could grab one of those guys, and even if they wanted to jump up a little bit and grab one of those other guys, like a like a Jaden Daniels, who's now projected to go number two. Well, Harrison so, Junior is going to be. He's going to take up a spot. Yeah. William, I mean, Williams is probably gone. Harrison's gone. Drake May, Daniels. Michael Penix Jr. might still be there at eight. Yeah. Especially with like Joe Alt out of Notre Dame, if he goes in the top ten, top five. I mean, I'm telling you. I mean, there's a lot of options that they have. I mean, and like you said, if they – or like I said, like if they decide to trade up or something like that and do something wild where a team's like, you know what, I don't want to take a risk on – Jaden Daniels and this team is like I'll trade you and then they trade down to Atlanta's pick and then they take like a you know like a Michael Penix Jr. or something like that and they give Jaden Daniels to Atlanta I mean it's possible we don't really know how the draft is going to work but in that case if you're just focusing on your quarterback and that's like the last key thing that you need obviously you're probably going to need some some defensive players you're probably going to want some secondary you're always going to want depth in your positions and whatnot but in my opinion I don't know why you would go with a defensive mining coach, but maybe this will be a really good thing, but it really concerns me because if you're going more defense, you better really like focus on the strengths of your defense because now your offense is going to be taking a little bit of a backseat. If you're going to focus too much on the defense, but maybe they'll have some good coordinators to lead them to glory over there, but let's hope for the best for Raheem Morris. Right? Not we, why why don't we try not to, we, we hope he, we hope it works out. Except for when he's playing our teams. Um, yeah, what did you what did you think about real quick, this isn't gonna be a long thing, but what did you think about the Dave Canales hiring at the Carolina Panthers head coach? One year as an offensive coordinator with Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, straight to head coach. Uh I think it's a I think it's a little bit of a stretch. I, I don't I don't think it's a bad necessarily a bad move, but I definitely would have my concerns i mean i see where they're trying to go with it obviously i mean tampa bay wasn't supposed to be in the best spot ever and obviously they made it to the divisional round just to lose only by like one score so i mean i can see why they're like man this guy might actually be really good as a head coach but if has he had head coaching experience before have we have we discussed no. that or is this is just he his was first, promoted just to one... offensive coordinator for one season and now he's a head coach I think that's a I, I think that's a tough move. I mean, I, I I think I think it could be really beneficial, but also it could really shoot Carolina in the foot. And that's I think why I like I haven't really done too much research on it. I know a lot of people were hating on it. I, I didn't think it was a great move either, just because he had only been coordinator for one season and I didn't really see a whole much of history on him. So and considering Carolina really needs like like fixing, they, they really need a team <laughs> they really need some help over there. I mean I, I don't think that um I don't know if this was necessarily like a strong strong move, but um I mean maybe it, maybe it'll uh push off for them. Maybe they'll get five wins this season or something. So I will give him. He has been in the NFL since 2010. He was with the Seahawks as the assistant strength coach from 2010 to 2017, and the wide receivers coach from 2018 to 2019. Quarterbacks coach from 2020 to 2021 passing game coordinator in 2022 and then the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive coordinator for one year in 2023. So this move, this dude is speed running the NFL coaching uh, well, experience. I was, 
I was going to say seven. He spent seven years as a, what was it? Assistant strength coach. He or spent excuse seven me. Years. No, no, no. That was, he spent seven years as the wide receivers coach. He was the assistant strength coach for one year at USC in 2009. Oh, I was going to say, I'm like, goodness gracious. He spent seven years as that. And then everything else was in the year. <laughs> I mean, but that's the same thing. It's like wide receivers, coach, wide receivers, coach, one year as quarterbacks coach. It's, you know, play specialist offensive coordinator now he's a head i don't know i think it's a little quick i mean granted obviously they've seen potential in him he's done well as an offensive coordinator it it, it could have a lot it could have a really good payoff this could have a really good payoff but before i jump the gun here i don't think carolina is going to be saved by this guy unless at least for another two seasons i don't think that by him coming in he's going to take this team to a winning record I don't, I don't think, I don't see it because I don't think Carolina, Carolina has a lot of things that they need to work on before that they get to that point where they're like a, a competitive team again. So I think he finally replaced Sean McVay as the NFL's youngest head coach though. Oh. That, that, oh, Gerard Mayo did that. And I, okay. So, oh, Gerard Mayo, which so is also, that's also an interesting signing we've discussed on the show before. We have. Okay, Dave Canales is actually Nick Sirianni's age. He's 42, so. Uh, he's oh, so he's not as. He's older than Zach Taylor, D'Amico Ryan, Shane Steichen. Um, but, yeah, that was just a really weird hire, and it closed up another gap. So that's going to be this next little segment. There's two teams left, Washington Commanders and Seattle Seahawks. We have a lot of big names still out there. We got Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Lions, is still out there. We've got Mike Vrabel, Tennessee Titans, former head coach, still out there. Thought he was going to go to the Patriots. They said no. We got Bill Belichick, who we just talked about. Thought he was going to go to the Falcons. No. Dan Quinn is out there, defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, who we thought for sure was going to get a head coaching job. And then maybe that uh, playoff game in which they decided to play zone coverage against one of the best zone coverage quarterbacks in the NFL and lost. Maybe that was raising some eyebrows around the league. And then, uh, of course, there's also possibly Pete Carroll if he decides he doesn't want to just be in an advisory role with the Seattle Seahawks. He allegedly made a push for the Chargers job and obviously didn't get it. Who, Pete Carroll? Pete Carroll, yeah. It was reported he was, like, trying to make a final push. And so here's, here's the dealio with this whole situation. The biggest names on that list that I just named are the outsiders. They're the ones who it's looking like aren't going to have jobs this season. At least as head coaches, maybe as coordinators. Dan Quinn seems to be the favorite in Seattle. He has been in Seattle before. He was the Legion of Boom defensive coordinator. um, Has his roots there. The organization appears to like him. They've been interviewing him. And then Ben Johnson, who hasn't really been doing interviews because the Lions are still in the playoffs, potentially going to the Super Bowl, which then raises his stock even more, is seemingly the guy that Washington wants to go with. And Washington is going to want to go with an offensive-minded coach because they just had a defensive-minded coach. It didn't work out in Ron Rivera. Um, And they need a quarterback. They need someone to develop that offense. Because it's not working, whatever they got going on over there. And they have Eric mm-hmm. Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy's doing his best, but 
They need some help. So we'll see. See what happens. I thought Eric Bieniemy would be in talks. I don't know why Eric Bieniemy doesn't have a head coaching job already. But hey, man, the NFL is strange. <laughs> but remember, there's 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 more coaches, more coaching options than there are spots currently. It's not like it's not like there's all these coaches out here and there's all these coaching positions open. I mean, some of these guys, if they want jobs, they might just have to settle for coordinating positions and different things like that, or just coaches. I mean, before Brian Flores got back to a defensive coach, he was freaking linebackers coach for the Steelers. Like, I mean, it happens. I mean, some of these guys might just have to just do some random coaching for a season until they get back to that spot. But like we're in this, no disrespect to Dave Canales. How are we living in a situation where Mike Vrabel doesn't have a job, but Dave Canales does as a head coach? That I couldn't tell you. <laughs> that that and, I am not. And I hope Dave Canales, I hope it works out. I hope he does great. But resume-wise, it's it's not there. Um, and I, who do you hire if you're Washington? Because Washington's looking to do a complete overhaul for obvious reasons, but – and and they already said they didn't want Billy B. Right? They don't. Yeah, they're or, not interested in Billy B. So that leaves Vrabel. Um, Vic. I, I don't know if Vic Fangio uh, has officially signed with the Philadelphia Eagles, but he was uh, let go by the Miami Dolphins as their defensive coordinator. So I assume he's going to go to the Eagles because he was kind of a uh, I forget like defensive aide during their Super Bowl run. I forget what his official title was. It was like a two week position, but neat. <laughs> I assume he's one of the better defensive coordinators in the NFL. Does Mike Vrabel go down to Miami then? Does Mike Vrabel get a head coaching job? Does Dan Quinn go somewhere else and not get a head coaching job? These are all weird situations that I did not think we would be living in. I thought Vrabel and Bill Belichick were going to have their pickup teams, and now it doesn't look like they're going to be on any team. Yeah, I mean – We'll see. I mean, you never know. I mean, there could be some coaching opportunities in college for them, so they might even just drop down. And they pull a Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> could you imagine? Could you imagine like walking into the locker room as a freshman, like football player, and Bill Belichick's your head coach? It'd be nuts. I don't think it'll be Bill Belichick. I, I couldn't <laughs> see it being Bill Belichick. If Bill Belichick was like the coach, I, I, I it'd be wild. That. that yeah, no, nah, I don't think he'd be a college coach. I'm talking about some of the other ones, like Vrabel and stuff like that. I feel like could be decent college coaches for a couple of years before jumping back over. But I think Bill Belichick's t- at that point, like Pete Carroll, where I, I don't think that they would go back to college because at that point it's like kind of just a waste. But okay, so. if you're Washington, who do you hire? In your opinion, um. I don't know. I mean, I would say and because the two teams that are left are Washington, Seattle. Yes. And I, honestly, I think they should go with Vrabel. Vrabel? I do. I think it should be Vrabel okay. because just just because I, I feel like obviously you're not going to go with Bill Belichick. Pete Carroll is not going to make a push. Um and I think Rabel out of I think Rabel is a very solid coach, and I think it was a missed opportunity potentially by uh, New England for passing up on him and going within the organization, which I'm always a very strong believer against because it's never worked for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now it could work for New England, but has not worked in Pittsburgh. 
And that's why they're looking outside, looking for offensive coordinators. And um, I don't know. That's, that's an interesting <laughs> look, too, because I'm a little nervous that they're trying to sign some Carolina guys. So Thomas Brown. That's not looking too hot. We're going from uh, <laughs> we're going from Matt Canada to Thomas Brown, and Thomas Brown did not have a very good offensive season with the Carolina Panthers. So we'll see. We'll see. I don't know if it was Thomas Brown, but it, it was definitely somebody from Carolina that they're trying to do, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was Thomas Brown. But um, yeah, I, that's who I would go with. I don't, who would you go with? If I'm Washington, I think Ben Johnson's the best option. He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't have the head coaching experience, but you know what? Some of this, the way we've seen this Lions offense go this year, he's been cooking up some stuff. And I think get some decent personnel in Washington and get a good team going there. I, I That's a good point. That is a good point. And he, I don't know how much of a say he had in the draft in Detroit, but they nailed this draft. Everyone was saying they were idiots for the way they drafted. Oh, you drafted Jameer Gibbs way too high. Well, now Jameer Gibbs is in the rookie of the year conversation. He's not going to win, but he's in the conversation. So uh, Laporte is also in the conversation. He's not going to win, but he's in the conversation. Yeah, that's that's what we like to hear. That's what we like to hear. I mean, the the stuff that they're doing over in Detroit is like fascinating because you have that two running back system with David Montgomery and Gibbs that's been working. You've got Laporta, and then obviously you've just added Zach Ertz, and we'll talk about that. Um, I almost forgot you, about that. I'm yeah. glad you brought that up. That is a big signing. I think that shows confidence. I think in the team. Yeah, because and but like you're working with those double those double players now, and then and then you've got. You've got two pretty solid tight ends. You got two solid running backs. You've got Jared Goff behind you. You got Amon Ra. You know, like you've got some pretty good weapons over there. And you know, we're still waiting for uh, you know Donovan Peoples Jones insanity game to have six receptions, two hundred and twenty-five yards, and two touchdowns. Still waiting for that day. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, shoot, man, I I think Detroit could go and beat San Francisco, but uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. I'm jumping jumping a little bit oh, here. I don't show. know. We can we can get into that a little bit if we want. I know, but but you you know, do you want to talk about Zach Ertz a little well, bit? Well, okay, so the Zach, the Zach Ertz signing. I mean, it is what it is. It's not a huge like thing because I saw some people acting like Zach Ertz was going to take over Sam Laporta's job absolutely not that's not gonna happen that's not what this is this is a depth signing for a guy who is trying to get a super bowl ring he already has one with the philadelphia eagles when they won against the patriots but he wants number two and a while back we would have said zach Ertz is a hall of fame tight end maybe not so much anymore arizona kind of let him down but Mm -hmm. sorry joe (laughs) but yeah i mean arizona's i think we know Sam Laporte. We know Sam Laporte has been beat up. We know that he's each week. It's been like, is he gonna play? Okay, yes, he's gonna play. And then he goes out and has a great game. Then the next week, it's is he gonna play? Okay, he yeah, is. he's playing. Yeah. <laughs> so this, I think, is a move to provide depth for not only uh, blocking because Sam Laporta is not a great blocking tight end. He's more of a Travis Kelsey to where um, he's more of a Travis Kelsey than a George Kittle. Zach Ertz, I think, is closer to George Kittle than he is to Travis Kelsey. So this adds depth. It allows blocking, which they're going to need, both against the Ravens and against the 49ers, which have great pass rushes, or even the Chiefs because Chris Jones is a beast. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
I think – I don't know how you would block – I just thought about that. He's a defensive tackle. Line him up. Line Zach Ertz up at center. But um, – Very interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm a creative man. Why, why don't mm-hmm. I have a head coaching job, Carolina? Um, Give it to Josh, man. Zach Write Ertz, up some plays for us. I think Zach Ertz is some great depth. He can be a pass catcher if he needs to be. Keep Sam Laporta from getting hurt. Um, he takes some reps off of his body and give it to Zach. And Zach Ertz can potentially, for that trade-off, get us another Super Bowl ring. I like this move. It's a nice late season, late playoff move like Eric Weddle was for the LA Rams when they won in 2021. I think I think it'll be good. Um, I don't know how Dion feels about it. I'm, I assume he's excited because I think it's a great move. He's not someone who is going to replace Sam Laporta, though. That's not. Oh, no. And, and plus, on top of that, he's he's going to play at most two games because, obviously, it's you have the NFC Championship, and then if you win the NFC Championship, you play the Super Bowl, and then your contract's expired. So it's not like Zach Ertz is going to be – it's not like they just signed him to, like, a four-year deal type thing. It's They only signed him for the – you know, a year technically, I guess, for the rest of the season. So, I mean, in conclusion, I, I 100% don't think he would lose his job. Or Laporta's <laughs> going to lose his job to Zach Ertz. I don't, plus, Laporta's been too good and too consistent for the Lions. I, I think that they're just doing this just to give him a little bit of a, a break, a little bit of rest, you know, try if, if Laporta is getting beat up out there or whatever, they, they can give him a break and give Zach Ertz some blocking time, maybe some receptions just to kind of mix it up a little bit because obviously you don't want Laporta to – you know, sprain like get a high ankle sprain going into the Super Bowl. You know, especially since of how consistent he's been of a player for you guys. So well, and Zach hasn't played in a bit either, which means he has a fresh body. I wouldn't be shocked if we just see him out there as a blocker on a couple plays. Yeah, I mean that's also but, possible. But um, let's let's go on to these conference championship games. We got let's start with the Detroit Lions because we're already talking about them against the San Francisco 49ers. And I don't know if you saw. Jared Goff's press conference, but the reporter started with, well, you guys have a lot of stars on your team, and he said thank you. And then the reporter continued, but maybe not as many as the 49ers. And he was like, never mind then. And he kind of laughed and smiled, but I I bet there was something there that they, in the locker room, they're like, oh, so this is how they feel about us. And, of course, the San Francisco 49ers are like the freaking Avengers out there. Um, they got Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy, Trent Williams, maybe not Debo Samuel though. Debo might not be able to play. Um, and that's going to be a hard hit. We just talked about the lions adding Zach Ertz. They have Sam Laporta, Jared Goff, David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs. That defense though is questionable. They've, they've showed up the last two games in the playoffs. They've, they've done some big moves. Brian branch has been helping. Aiden Hutchinson has been getting it done. But is it is the 49ers? Which is crazy. Did you see he's not a defensive rookie of the year candidate? Brian Branch? No. Yeah, no. He on the list it like uh, they, they I looked at the list and I was kind of appalled. <laughs> like I thought Brian Branch would have been on there. Nope. But no, nope, Brian Branch is not a defensive rookie of the year candidate. Aiden Hutchinson obviously isn't either, but they've been showing up. We've been seeing some good plays out of this Lions defense that has been questionable at times. Will the 49ers offense prove to be too much for them? Um, no, no. I, I saw all that I needed to see against green Bay last week. And I know that that team, those teams have history, but 
I don't know. The 49ers didn't look as dominant of a team as Baltimore did. So, and that's just my opinion. Okay. San Francisco had to play catch-up ball. Baltimore did not have to play catch-up ball. That's why I think Baltimore is a, it's a big team over there for Kansas City later on. But I don't know. I, I, I think Detroit can hold themselves. I, this is their first game where the, in playoffs where they're playing not in Detroit. So, obviously, they have to go to San Francisco. It's going to be kind of concerning. You know, it's a little bit stressful. But um, I think they can get it done. I think they can pull the miracle. I think they can do it. I, I think it's going to be very, very close. But I believe in the Lions. I really do. I think I think we're going to need to know, is Debo Samuel playing? Because what they like to do in San Francisco with Debo and Christian McCaffrey is switch them. They'll line Christian McCaffrey up as a wide receiver and line Debo up at running back. If they don't have Debo, they can't do that. And that makes it easier to cover Brandon Ayuk. You like to use George Kittle more as a blocker. So maybe you have to do that more. I. The only problem I have with that is that if San Francisco was to lose because they didn't have Debo Samuel, you know that the 49ers fans are going to say the reason that they lost was because Debo Samuel got hurt. Because last season they said the reason that they lost was because of Brock Purdy getting hurt, which could have been the truth well, they, because they it's lost Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy and then their backup. And then their backups back up. And then they sent Brock Purdy back out because he was the only one who could walk around. So I Yeah, mean, I, I I don't know. And then this season, they, <laughs> they better not blame Debo Samuel on the reason because they've had a studded team all year. So they should not they should not be complaining about that. So, so your pick is the Lions? I'm I think I think the I think that the Cinderella run is going to continue. I, I can't. I think San Francisco is going to give them a run for their money. I think it's going to be a close game. And I think it, I don't think it's going to be necessarily like a shootout per se, but like, as in like a 60, that's way too high, but like a, like a, (laughs) like a, like a, like a 45, 38 final or something ridiculous. I think it's probably going to be more of like around those 31, you know, 27 type games, you know, where it's like high scoring, but like to the point where it's like that last drive where it's like, you know, San Francisco has to go up and score a touchdown and then they just can't. And then just something like just a miracle, like Aiden Hutchinson running towards him. Brock Purdy under pressure throws a ball, and it's just intercepted and by like Brian Branch, and then that's the game. And then Detroit wins it. it I think that's how it's going to go because they kind of had to do that in Green Bay. Only they clutched it and they finished it. So, okay, I'm, I I have pledged my allegiance temporarily to the Detroit Lions, so I am going to pick the Detroit Lions. I love both Kyle Shanahan and MCDC. But I love MCDC because of Little Britain. So, Dan Campbell, get her done for the big cat teams. Rar. You did that last week, too. <laughs> and it like, worked. Oh. Maybe it's a good luck charm. Rar. Rar. Um, next game. I hate this game. I, I. The only reason I'm going to watch this game is because of Drew Tranquil. He's, it is the first time my high school has had a NFL player in an AFC championship game or in any conference championship games, to my knowledge. But Drew Tranquil, linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs, is going up against Lamar Jackson's offense with the Baltimore Ravens. It looks like they're going to have Mark Andrews back as well, finally. Took it said it did, in fact, say that he was activated this week. It said he was activated. So, so – 
I I have thought long and hard about this. Which team I'm going to root for. Because I don't like either team. I swore I would never root for the Baltimore Ravens after what they did to Joe Burrow. When he got hurt, they chanted, F Joe Burrow. You could hear it on TV while Richard Sherman was trying to talk. And I hold a grudge when it comes to football. Chiefs fans, on the other hand, when Joe Burrow got hurt, donated to his charity. So that... Wait, who did? Chiefs fans. Mm. So that, on top of Drew Tranquil being a Kansas City Chief, I have decided I will not root for, but I will be more okay with the Kansas City Chiefs winning. And I think they can get it done. Now, of course, that means going back to, I think, 2018, every Super Bowl will have had either Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow in it, which is kind of wild. But I like... That's one Super Bowl out of hey, like four hey, Super hey, Bowls. Hey, 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 but the stat's true, is it not? That's like... <laughs> You ever see that meme where it was like Michael Jordan and this – I don't remember what the meme was. It was like Michael Jordan and this guy had a combined total of 70 points for this game, and it was like Michael Jordan 69 and the other guy had like one. Yeah, that's how I imagine it. That's how I'm imagining it's it like right now. There was, a, there was a tweet Andrew Hawkins put out a while ago who was a former Bengals wide receiver, and it was like some – I think I think it was Tank Dell and Nico Collins. No, it couldn't have been them. It was two rookie wide receivers who had combined for an insane amount of yards this year, and – Andrew Hawkins, like, retweeted. He was like, yeah, me and A.J. Green did that. I was like 20 of them, though. <laughs> and it was, it was a funny tweet. I, the stat's true, though. It's factual. So Patrick, but do you – so you think that Kansas City can get it done? I do. I think that Travis Kelsey will be limited because they have some great linebackers. But I think Rashi Rice is getting hot right at the right time. Isaiah Pacheco is running like – I mention this every week, but if you haven't seen Isaiah Pacheco run, then go watch this game because you'll see him running a lot, I think. And, I mean, also, the home team is at an extreme disadvantage when Sean Smith is the ref. On average, the home team wins 50.1% of the time. When Sean Smith is the ref, they win about 40% of the time, which means Patrick Mahomes' referee bonus is added to by about 10% in this game. They should add that in Madden. <laughs> referee where it's like bonus. referee bonus. <laughs> yeah, where it's so, like you have like you have higher stats and like lesser chance of getting penalties called on you because of sean smith coaching or sean smith refereeing or something it's like it's like yeah coach initiative and it, it, or something stupid like i'm sure madden should do that because i could see it popping up and me being like what and just getting really mad in the afc championship because it's like sean smith is the coach or uh is the is the referee so ever since i started getting looking at the ref stats betting has gotten a lot easier i'll just say that um I think I think the Chiefs are gonna get it done. Sorry, Lamar. What do you got? I disagree with you. Okay. I think Baltimore is a very complete team. I, I think that they look pretty pretty dang good. I know it's really hard to claim that a team is very complete, but um I don't know. I think Baltimore just they're they're a different type of team. 
I mean, I thought Houston was going to give them a run for their money or even beat them, but Baltimore literally just shoved a shovel into their burial for the season. Um, I just, I just am amazed. Like that game just was like, unbelievable. it was so one-sided for Baltimore. I just could not believe it. So I, I think Baltimore has really proved a lot this season other than that the fact that they can't beat the Steelers. Like Lamar, I'm pretty sure Lamar or somebody said over in Baltimore that they don't they didn't want to play the Steelers because the Steelers own them, which I, I thought was kind of goofy just because I was like, we probably still would have lost at that point if we had to play them. But um, I, I think they're a very complete team. I, I do. And it's very hard to get to that point. I mean, granted, they still have some – they have some running back, a little bit of running back issues just because J.K. Dobbins is gone. You know, he's still gone <laughs> again out for the rest of the season. Um, but I, I think that um, – I think Baltimore takes it. I do. I think Kansas City does not win. Because once again, Kansas City has to play yet another road game. And they've been doing and great in them. They're 1-0. They beat Buffalo. <laughs> And it was only because Buffalo missed the field goal. So, and because it would have been tied, Kansas City may have made that comeback. Justin, we don't know. Justin Tucker, Justin Tucker might miss a field goal. Hmm, maybe. That would be, that would be. How would you feel if Kansas City went on to the Super Bowl and we got to see Taylor Swift on every social Taylor media Taylor Swift page? versus Eminem. That is a great script. No. That should be the not. halftime show. Get it's Usher not. out of here. It, it's Usher. I know it's Usher. Taylor Swift and Eminem? I listen. That is I I don't want to see on Super Bowl Sunday on my Instagram feed on ESPN or on Hurdles or on any of these social media pages. Guys, Taylor Swift has arrived at the Super Bowl. And then it's just on every platform ever. I don't want to hear about it. I isn't, don't care. Isn't she I in don't... Tokyo during the Super Bowl? Isn't that like? I of... hope so. I hope so. <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope she's gone. I hope she's gone. I hope that she just is nowhere to be seen. And because I'm tired of just seeing it. I, I really, I, I mean, granted, they didn't show her last game. They mostly showed Jason Kelsey. And that's great. I'd rather see Jason Kelsey right now. I mean, granted, I think it's still stupid because I think that they need to focus on the game and not the fans. Okay, that was awesome, though. All right, well. Shirtless, jumping out of the suite, just screaming. He was drinking with Bill's Mafia, hanging out. I I, Listen, I I think that as long as they don't overuse it, like if I see it a bunch more in this this, uh, AFC Championship game, I'm going to get annoyed. I don't like the same gimmicks. I, I like I liked the Detroit Lions guy whenever they kept showing like the guy that was like a 50-year-old season ticket holder because that's kind of nice. I'm like, you know what? He's probably really happy that he's been a season ticket holder this long and he gets to see his team do well. I'm like, that's kind of nice. I don't care about these celebrities. I want to watch football. So that's, that's, you know, and then in this case, like, you know, Jason Kelsey is just a family member. I, I don't really think that the, you know, anybody that, is on the field should be really or that isn't on the field really should be recognized unless there's like an actual reason and if they keep panning to them it just kind of takes away from the game well taylor swift is going to be in tokyo on the night of the super bowl so don't have to worry about that i hope so because then i wouldn't be as mad about kansas city going to the super bowl 
you know, I'll rep- bring out my uh, adult small Kansas City Chiefs uh, hoodie. I'll take out my Kansas City Chiefs headband, unless it's against the lines. Then, in that case, I- I'll have to buy something. Go I'll lines. have to get. I'll have to buy a lines shirt. One pride, big cat teams. You get yeah. So are you? So oh wait, big cat teams. Wait, so that means you're a Pitt Panthers fan then. This only applies to uh, pro NFL teams. Actually, technically, NCAA is considered a non-amateur sport now because they have the NIL deals. So technically, amateurism is no longer kind of involved. So technically, you could technically consider the NCAA semi-pro in a way. Um, I'm not saying it is, but with these new deals and stuff like that happening since 2021, could technically no longer be considered amateur. Let's see what Piper's picks are. Hmm. Hail to Pitt. They're a big cat. They're a big cat. Well, we got some Piper's picks here. Ravens versus Chiefs. I'm pretty sure she sided with me on this one. Good dog. That's right. Now, this one, I don't quite remember where she went. Lions versus 49ers. Oh, she also went with the Lions. Sweet. So, uh, me and Piper are on the same side this week for Piper's picks. Hmm. It's good to know. I feel like, I feel like it's biased. How is it biased? If she's your dog. I'm brainwashing her. Yeah, I feel like you definitely are. You're probably like taking the paper and pushing the one, so she notices. She's noticing the the Kansas City Chiefs one more because you're like, Piper, I'm gonna retake this video until you take the treat off of the Chiefs one because the Ravens said mean things to Joe Burrow. I do multiple takes, but it's not because of that. It's because um, she will sometimes take both at the same time. Hmm. Full disclosure. So it's a tie. <laughs> she, it's a tie. Yeah, some, she's she's a very smart cool. dog, and sometimes she'll like push, push it over, hit one tree, and then just eat them at the same time. Hmm. What would happen if some something crazy happened where like a tie, or like something like caused a postponement in a playoff game, and then did it? Would they just reschedule it? Or you like, mean like know. they did with the Steelers and? game no like uh like an in-game po- I, I don't know i i will like damar hamlin like i guess like, yeah i don't want to go back there they just said the game didn't happen tried to screw over the Bengals, and then they were going to coin flip for it well i mean you put all that stuff aside though because like that was regular season so like it was still i know it had a lot of playoff implications but once if something like that happened during a playoff game like, I always kind of wondered that because, like, if something tragic like that happened, and obviously we hope to God that nothing like that ever happens again because that was terrifying. But, like, it always kind of makes me wonder in the back of my head now that it has happened, what would happen if, like, a player collapsed or something weird happened and just so- something kind of stopped the game from being played. And then, you know, you have the Pro Bowl that weekend. And then you have, I mean, I guess you would have to play at Pro Bowl weekend or sometime in the week. Because, I mean, you can't have – but then again, it would be like uh, – what would – like, I, I just don't know what would happen. I don't know why I'm bringing this up, but I'm just kind yeah, of – you got like, really heavy up. here there at the end. I just got like – my gears started moving because of um, thinking about tying in the in the playoff game. And I'm like, well, it's not possible. But, like, what if something happened where the game kind of did end 
because of something where you know it caused the game to stop i mean obviously the weather wouldn't be too much of a factor unless like but like that's like because a giant hurricane you just move you would move somewhere like a different team i mean there's no hurricanes in february but like if there was a giant hurricane they would move the game somewhere else but like a lot of times it's like you know you have a situation where it's like that like well i don't know what would happen i just i i there's got to be some sort of protocol for it i guess just flip a coin i, I don't know i just i just kind of want some answers on that i mean i hope like i said i hope that it doesn't ever happen again because that demar hamlin situation was wild i mean it did bring the whole football community together for a little bit, but um, I, I don't want to see a player ever collapse on the field again like that. And Demar Hamlin was nominated for Comeback Player of the Year award, so yeah, it's kind of hard wins. to beat a guy who came back from the dead. Yeah. Sorry, Joe Flacco. Is was he nominated? Yeah, it's like Joe Flacco, Baker Mayfield, Geno Smith, I think, and one other guy. Baker Mayfield would be a really good one. It's probably gonna be Demar. Demar's gonna win. Well, that was that was a uh, deep there at the end. I just want to know. I just want to know. Well, because I, I I don't know. Well, if someone listening knows Roger Goodell, we'll have him on the show. Just send us the information. We'll have him on the show and we'll ask him these hard hitting questions. Hi, Roger Goodell. Big fan. <laughs> um, I just wanted to ask, just, you know, to be like a crazy fan. What, what would you do if a player showed up on the show? How would you react? Would you react professionally? Who's the player? Joe Burrow. I would freak out probably privately to you guys and to my parents and anyone who would listen. I'd probably run over to the bar and scream that he's going to be on the show. And then I would be, like, super nonchalant when he walks in the door. I might not talk. I have only been starstruck once in my life. I've met many celebrities. Matt Frad was the guy who did it to me, and I'm pretty sure that's just because he's Australian. The only time I've ever gotten starstruck was uh, Kirill Kaprizov, and um, he's a Minnesota Wild uh, like assistant captain over there. And the only reason he starstruck me was because (laughs) I was walking up to a Penguin game, and he was injured. And I was like, oh, Kirill's not playing. And I thought about wearing my Kirill Kaprizov jersey, but instead I wore my Penguins jersey. So I wore my Penguins jersey, and I'm walking up the hill, and next thing you know, he's coming down with his coach, walking down the side of the hill, and me and him just make eye contact, and I'm just like, and that was it. And I wish that I would have had my jersey on. I wish I would have not been starstruck because I would have been like, oh, my gosh, Kirill Kaprizov. And, I mean, it wouldn't have led to anything because he was going to the game. It was already, like, 6.30. But that's the only time I've gotten starstruck. But I just wanted to know if you would be professional enough. Because, what? Because you know, with the growth of the channel, you never know. You I'd never be, know. I'd be professional. I, I mean, I'd be probably as professional as you'd be with, like, Terry Bradshaw on the show or, like, Kenny Pickett, which you've met Kenny Pickett. But I, I think me and Kenny Pickett would have some chemistry, though, just because I met him twice. So I'd be able to talk to him about his pit. <laughs> Some, we'd be able to be like, yo, so like, what, what do you think about a uh, cardiac hill over in Oakland? And you could tell us some stories about Pitt and stuff like that. So, but that's just me. Well, if you made it to this point in the show, thank you for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed, please remember to like, comment, subscribe. We can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts and on YouTube at No Butts Show. Our social media pages are No Butts underscore Show on Instagram and No Butts Show on TikTok. 
My Twitter is Josh underscore butts underscore 2001. And if you would like to reach us, you can email us at boldmoosepodcast2. That's the number two at gmail.com. Like if you're Joe Burrow or Roger Goodell or Kenny Pickett and you want to hop on the show, that's the email you send that to. Finally, our spread shop will be in the description, so check out the merch. Once again, if you enjoyed today's show, like, comment, and subscribe. That's you pressing the subscribe button. Anyway, until next time, go do something nice for someone.